And welcome back to another edition of the Total Sports Live podcast here on Anchor. This is Jovan Alford, and I'll be joined shortly uh, by Harrison Brown and Nick Earnshaw of TotalSportsLive.com to discuss another week of Eagles football. And yes, folks, we will be talking about another loss. But this time, the loss wasn't as so bad because we kind of expected it when we last <laughs> when we last did this show however before we do any of that make sure you're following us on twitter at totalsportslive.com checking us out at you know checking us out totalsportslive.com and you know all the other places where you can where you can find this podcast at spotify google podcast apple podcast and like i said anchor as well i think we might be on iHeartRadio too but i'm not exactly sure i just know anchor pushes out our feed to like different um applications so wherever you get your podcast just search just search tsl total sports live podcast tsl podcast we really appreciate everyone you know checking it out downloading subscribing it sharing it you know liking it we we really enjoy it we're glad people are enjoying the show we're glad people are listening you know we continue to continue to keep on bringing you quality content then hey you might get more different types of shows uh, uh from us going forward so we're definitely excited you know that everybody's enjoying what we're doing but like i said we do got to talk about the eagles as we're as just like us as we're recording this show on a wednesday they're on a short week because there's a game on there's a game on Thursday. So, but before we do that, we got to talk about what happened last Sunday. As to none of our surprises, the Eagles lost their second consecutive game to the ball, lost their second consecutive game, falling uh, to defeat to the Ravens, uh, 38 to 20, 30 to 28. Uh, with the loss, the Eagles are now 1 4 and 1, but they still have a legitimate shot to win the NFC lease because the Cowboys couldn't do their job against the Cardinals. Which means they are now two and four. It means the Eagles still got a chance to win the division. Um, however, unlike their match, their Week Five matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, where they lost, I think, 38-29, where defense couldn't stop anything through the air, aka Chase Claypool. The Eagles' defense ha- did a better job on Sunday of trying to slow down Randy MVP. Uh, uh, superstar quarterback Lamar Jackson, but he still was able to get his with 294 yards total yards and two TDs, but somehow, some way the Eagles still made a Herculean comeback being down at 1.17 to zero in the first half and almost tying the game up, but could not get it done. Thanks to a failed two point conversion late in the fourth, um, late in the fourth quarter. So with that being said and everything laid out on today's show, we're going to look back at Sunday's game, uh, talking about what was our biggest takeaway, uh, from, uh, the week six contest. Uh, we're going to look at, you know, Jalen Jalen Hurts' role in the offense going forward as he surprisingly brought the life to the Eagles offense that they desperately needed against a very stout uh, Ravens defense. We're also going to talk about Travis Fulgham. This guy continues to ball out and he's 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 definitely making his claim to be on this roster for the foreseeable future. Um, and we're also going to look forward to Thursday's game. As I said, this is a short week for the Eagles, so they turn around after a hard-fought game, comeback game um, against the Ravens, and they're going to play a, their division rival, the New York Giants, who they took, who they swept the season series uh, from last season, uh, two games to zero. First game they won in overtime at the link, and the last last season they put on they put together quite a third and fourth quarter performance to bring the game. Um, home. So we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to discuss what they need to do to secure the victory and to snap this two game, uh, 
losing streak that they're currently on. But before I can do all of that, you already know who's joining me on the podcast. None other than Harrison Brown and Nick Earnshaw of TotalSportsLive.com. Uh, fellas, how are you doing? The last time we talked, we kind of predicted <laughs> that the Eagles were going to uh, that the Eagles were going to lose. We just didn't know how they were going to lose, but it kind of didn't make this podcast such so sour because they actually fought back instead of just lying down and just getting absolutely destroyed. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean they they plot they they played uh you know hard they played scrappy and stuff, but it's good to be back with you guys doing another podcast. Looking forward to the show. And uh, I mean, their their season really starts this week with uh, with this Giants game coming up, and then the next two against the Cowboys, and then the Giants again. So, big time, uh, big time sk- stretch coming up for the uh, for the NFC East, for sure. Definitely, uh, it's great to be with you guys once again. And look, they they played uh, they played really scrappy, like Harrison said. Uh, it was um it was a good it was actually a really entertaining game to watch. The Eagles fought hard to the end, but um we we figured the outcome would be what it was. Uh, win by the Baltimore Ravens, but uh, they have a tough test against the Giants coming up. Cowboys after that, bye, and then the Giants again. So it's going to be a huge uh, stretch of four weeks for the Eagles going forward. Very pivotal next four weeks for the Eagles, like you, like you guys have been saying. You know, before the show in the group chat, just saying if this this is where the season really begins, and if they can somehow take all three of those games, they will be. Weird to say they'll be in the driver's seat, and I think they'll—I they, think it'll make people feel just a little bit better about this team if they do so. But we can't even think that far ahead because they got some business to take care of. But we got to look back at what happened uh, on Sunday. Like we said, the Eagles lost thirty to twenty-eight. Uh, Lamar Jackson, two hundred ninety-four uh, yards of total offense. The Eagles' run game once again, outside of Lamar's one hundred eight, they really did a good job. Uh, J.K. Dobbins had nine carries for 28 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. Gus Edwards, 14 carries on 26 yards, didn't really do anything. Mark Ingram had five carries for 20 yards, but he left the game early. Receiving-wise, they really didn't allow really no big plays. Uh, honestly, they and again, that I think that's a testament to how well the defense played in conjecture to last week um, against, and not last week, the previous week against the Pittsburgh Steelers where they couldn't stop anything through the area. They did a much better job. Uh, they did a much, much better job containing the, uh, the, the, you know, containing Mark Andrews, only holding them to two catches on 21 yards and really holding out Hollywood Brown only four catches to 57 yards, which is really um, impressive. Offensively for the Eagles, Carson Wentz, 21 of 40 for 213 yards, two TDs, but six sacks. Most of them could be accumulated to that right side of the offensive line, which struggled a lot. Dylan Witt, Calais Campbell, uh, Wentz for, had a 40.4 QBR and an 84.7 uh, quarterback rating. Miles Sanders led the team in rushing with nine carries on 118 yards, including a 74-yard run, which almost was a touchdown, but he got caught from behind, and it ended up, as our fan, as our uh, favorite member of the Total Sports Live podcast, we always like to bring up J.J. Arcega Whiteside got his first NFL touchdown on the fumble recovery in the end zone after once again for the second consecutive week in a row doing a good job blocking down the field for his running back. It pays off finally. Um, but Sanders left the game early with a knee injury and he'll be out for a couple of weeks, so not good there. Receiving-wise, Travis Fogum led the team once again. Six receptions for 75 yards in a TD. Targeted 10 times in this game. Uh, Zach Ertz also, he'll be out for a few weeks, so we'll talk about that. Um, 
And then defensively, Nate Gary led the team with nine uh, total tackles. Um, Eagles as a team had nine tackles for loss and four quarterback hits. Meanwhile, the Ravens had 16 quarterback hits, which is not a recipe for success. So, fellas, that was a mouthful, you know, to talk about and a lot to digest from, you know, Sunday's game against the Ravens. But you starting with you, Nick. What was your biggest takeaway from 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 a, from a two point loss, which, you know, we don't. Like to say far, you know, for sports, you know, moral victories. And at this point, you can't, you got to stop having moral victories, victories before this team. You kind of got to say this was kind of in a weird way. You could say this was a pretty good moral victory from where they started and how just lifeless they looked in the first half to really making it a game and digging down deep to try to, you know, almost pull out an upset over a pretty good uh, Baltimore Ravens team. No, no, you're totally right. Um, I think Carson Wentz. In the, in the first half, and the, to- the whole offense just looked stagnant. They really couldn't move the ball. I mean, there were some big drops. They even start the game on the first possession. Uh, John Hightower drops probably a touchdown. That could have changed the whole momentum of the game to start. Uh, Miles Sanders also had a drop in the end zone as well. Just the first half was, was pretty ugly. Nothing really going for him. Uh, but in the second half, I, you got to give credit uh, to Wentz and this offense. I mean, they battled back, um, you know, lost the game by two points um, on a questionable a uh, play call by Doug Peterson at the end, but I, I think you got to give a lot of credit to uh, Carson Wentz, who uh, who played pretty well um, this week. And you have to—he's doing it in spite of all the injuries. He lost Miles Sanders, he lost Zach Ertz, I, I, and he doesn't has had receivers all year. You've had Travis Fulwell come out and be a bit of a star. He scored the touchdown. Um, the offensive line uh, has had a lot of trouble staying healthy. Jack Driscoll went down. Uh, against Baltimore as well. Uh, so having that offensive line, giving up six sacks, uh, like you said, 16 QB hits, I believe. Uh, Jamon Brown was terrible. He was just standing around a lot of the time um, in the tape, if you go back and look. Uh, so I think the injuries to the offensive line really um, play a huge factor in, in, in the way that the Eagles could have came back. Uh, they didn't really run the ball that well. Uh, Sanders had that big one, but other than that, they were pretty stagnant running the ball. So I, I think the injuries are playing a huge factor because I, I think if they were healthy, you know, have San, if Sanders didn't get hurt, you know, if you still had guys like Jackson, had guys like Rager still there, they could have honestly won the game the way Carson played and battled back. Uh, but I, I think the injuries are playing a huge role in, uh, you know, in the outcome of some of these games. And uh, this week, uh, they'll be getting some guys back, and uh, we'll bring that up a little later in the show. But I, I think uh, if they can get a couple of these guys back, I think some of these close games now – against mm-hmm. the Steelers, against the Ravens. I think that could be a little bit of a spark to uh, help uh, get them over the hump, as you would say. Yeah, most definitely. And, and injuries have been pretty much the a microcosm and uh, have pretty much been a microcosm of this season so far for the Eagles. You know, you look at the NFC East and a lot of people will say this is a bad division. Well, it's bad for certain reasons. The Cowboys – um, you look at them, they lost their, you know, their, their, their starting quarterback and star quarterback and Dak Prescott. They haven't looked the same, but they also have don't they didn't address their defense. The the Washington, they're kind of still trying to figure some things out in a rebuilding mode. They benched their young quarterback. The Giants are the Giants. It starts with not having Saquon, which is basically most if all of their offense. Daniel Jones in the second year. And then you look at the Eagles. This is a team that not necessarily has played bad is just that they've just been crushed by the injury bug now for the last two years 
at the same at 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 key spots where you cannot suffer injury, then eventually the depth, you know, that luck of depth that you have where you guys can just plug in and play right away, it kind of hurts you because then you're put in a situation where you're dependent on guys that you you know that haven't played together. And we saw it in the offensive line with Jamal Brown um starting at right guard. For the Eagles, he didn't play well, obviously. Clay of Campbell basically made him into a human turnstile um, on multiple times on the, on the right side, which didn't help. Uh, For sure. Did, no disrespect, but, you know, it didn't help. It didn't help Carson Wentz in that pocket. I mean, we saw the play. It keeps on trending on Twitter of Brown getting beat by Calais Campbell, and then he somehow headbutts Jordan Mulata, and then he gets up. And puts fixing his glove. Meanwhile, his quarterback's running for his life, and that was just a microcosm of how really bad the offensive line uh, was without you know Matt Pryor or uh, Lane Johnson. So injuries definitely play a huge part in this uh, team's success. And for them to be one and four and even be competitive, literally in the last two games, is amazing uh, to say the to to you know to say the least, Harrison. And you know you hope that as the season goes on that they'll continue to get guys back and they'll be back at full strength. Cause with like, cause like Nick's, you know, as Nick pointed out, when this team, you know, gets back to full strength with the way Carson Wentz is playing, this team can look really, you know, this team can look really good. You know, like we saw what a few weeks ago, you know, or I mean last month when they played Washington, they were up 17 to zero. The potential's there. They've got some pieces for sure. I mean, you look at the the defense alone. The defensive line has looked great all year. That continued against uh, Baltimore. Um, the secondary has improved this year with the addition of Darius Slay. The receiving core, when it's at its full strength, certainly is encouraging. And now with the addition of Travis Fulgham as well, him becoming a real threat, you, you feel like there's some pieces there. Maybe you get Dallas Goddard back at some point in the season. Um, hopefully Zach Ertz isn't out too long. I think it, you know, this week being a short week definitely hasn't helped the Eagles with their injury situation. Um, they've they've taken a, you guys both mentioned it. They've taken a toll in the last really the last three years with the injuries, um, and it's been no different this year. Obviously, the no training camp has kind of affected everyone across the league. Um, certainly, looks like it's it's hitting in Philly as well, where just the injuries this year. I mean, they're just they're piling up. So I think that you know right now for Philly, like you said, Jovan, they they've played really competitive in these last two games. The fact that they're their one four and one is definitely discouraging, but the way they've played is, I mean, it, it shows some promise for sure for this team. It, they're they're a little bit better than one four and one. I mean, I think it does kind of reflect where they are right now with how injured they are and kind of the 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 lack of talent they have at some positions. It's it certainly, you know, one four and one is about right. It's mm-hmm. the fact that the NFC East is this bad. One four and one is basically, you know what I mean. It's competitive in the division, right. so. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out these next three games over the next four weeks. I think I got that wrong when I was first talking. Um, but yeah, the next three games are going to be huge <laughs> against these NFC East opponents. If they can, if they can come out of this, um, even if it's two and one, you know, it, it certainly puts them in a much better spot. Although they're definitely looking for for three and zero oh and to really be in a good spot. Um, I think that Carson's going to have to play big in each of these games. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He he's improved over the last two weeks. I was I was very tough on him early in the year. Um, and I'm going to continue to be, I mean, I just, he, he needs to be the guy, especially with all these injuries. Uh, he needs to continue to be, you know, really accurate, protect the ball. No, you know, no silly turnovers that are going to give teams Mm -hmm. good field position. Don't give teams like the giants and the Cowboys extra opportunities to win the game, to stay in the game. 
Um, I think the Eagles need to start fast. And something that you mentioned before we started, Jovan, play a full 60 minutes of football. You know, play a complete game, really go out there uh, on Thursday night against the Giants and impose their will on them. We haven't seen the Eagles impose their will on anyone this year. You know, even the San Francisco game, it was a back and forth game. It was a battle, it was toss and turn. Uh, It would be great for the Eagles to go out and handily win a game, you know, 10 or more points um, and, and just prove that, you know, listen, a lot of injuries. It's been a tough start to the year, but this is still a competitive team here in Philadelphia. So it's a big matchup on Thursday. It most definitely is. And you mentioned Wentz in the offense. We got to talk about Jalen Hurts, who, you know, once again, made his presence felt in Sunday's game. And, and he had two carries for 23 yards, uh, including a, a, a 20, a 20 yard run, which was pretty exciting <laughs> to see. And you had Wentz blocking downfield. Then we saw him used throughout the game. There was even a play. I think, I think, I think I shared it with y'all. Um, a couple a uh, couple of days ago after the game was over where you see Wentz and Hurts lined up in the backfield. And I think it's Fulgham or somebody goes in motion and literally Hurts and Wentz are in sync. Like they're both calling for the snap. And then we saw what happened on the Sanders run with Hurts as a decoy. So it seems like they're getting Jalen Hurts more and more involved. We saw in the Steelers game, he threw a pass for 18 yards instead of running it, which gives another element of surprise um you know to this uh for another element of surprise for this team and specifically for this offense um so harrison with that being said you know should should jalen hurts be getting more snaps to help out this beleaguered offense because we mentioned it there's no miles sanders you know going over for the next couple next couple weeks zach Ertz is out with a high ankle sprain for the next you know three to four games at this point so at, you're really devoid of talent you need to get the best players on the field and Jalen Hurts every time he's touched the ball you know in this season he's created some type of positive play for this team and specifically on Sunday really helped them you know get the ball moving in in a positive direction and bring some life and excitement to the offense Jalen Hurts is a really talented player. I mean, this is why, you know, we here at Total Sports Live, we're super excited about him in April. There's a lot of different ways you can incorporate him into the offense. You know, this is this is the NFL in 2020, okay? You can use multiple quarterbacks in your offense and make some things happen. Uh, and the Eagles have shown that over the last few weeks. I, on the on the long mile Sanders run, there were five Ravens defenders where Jalen Hurts came in motion, doesn't even touch the ball, comes in motion, runs behind. Um, there's five Ravens defenders looking at Jalen Hurts while Miles Sanders is able to run through the hole and Kelsey's able to put a nice block on and Maliata had a nice block. Um, it, it it just, it, Doug Peterson said this this week, it slows defenses down when Jalen Hurts is on the field. It makes them calm down. It makes them play more of that base defense. You can't be as aggressive with Jalen Hurts on the field because there's just so many things the Eagles can do. So uh, I thought it was a good pick in April. I think that they've done some really good things to get him involved. Um, you know, the funky offseason for his rookie year definitely, I think, probably slowed some of their um, some of their ideas with him. Like week one, week two, week three, we weren't seeing a whole lot of Jalen Hurts. And then these last two weeks, we've started to see uh, more. Of, well, really, the last three weeks, even the San Fran game, he played a little bit. Um, so we've started to see more of an expanded Jalen Hurts role. And I, I think they're going to have to, you know, try to find unique ways to get him on the field. Um, you don't want to overkill. Obviously, you don't want to put him on the field so much that, uh, you know, Maybe some of the decoy plays that he's on work a little bit less. Like if Jalen Hurts is always on the field, uh, there will be a little bit less of a concern. You can kind of go back to doing some other stuff. Um, but I think, you know, continuing to develop him first and foremost, because he, he has so much upside as a quarterback in this league. Um, we've, we've really only seen his athletic ability on display so far. Um, it's mostly been like jet sweeps and read options and stuff like that. 
Um, but, you know, we saw it in college and we, we got the one little glimpse of it against Pittsburgh. He has a good arm and he's a guy who can, you know, sit back there and, and read a defense and, and move the ball. I mean, he did it at Oklahoma and Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, two of the best college football programs in the country. So it was a good pick and, and the Eagles have done a good job getting him involved. And I think, Jovan, they're going to they're going to do more of that this week. They, they they have to if they want to come away with the victory because he just brings that element of surprise. You don't know what they're going to do. And I think what they – I'm trying to remember. It's, it's, for some reason, Sunday's game just seems so long ago because they have a game on Thursday. <laughs> but I'm trying to remember. Didn't they do the double pass on Sunday? They did. I'm not mistaken. They did, actually. They did. Yep. They did. And uh, and Hurts made a really nice play on it. It only went for like two yards, though. But he shook right. like two or three people. Like, yeah. So we, we see that, and it's like, wow. Because like, remember, they tried to do the double pass, I think, a couple weeks prior. They yeah. tried to do it, and instead of Hurts throwing it back, he just took it and ran, which was another, again, a smart, in-tune football move. And this time, they actually get the double pass off. And it looks like, like again, Nick, they're getting very creative. So now it's almost like this element of intrigue of what is this team going to do next with them? Because it's like there's a lot of things they can do. Like we mentioned, you know— but when we like we just mentioned just a few seconds ago, both him and Wentz, you know, acting like they're both going to take the snap in the backfield. Like there's a lot of things that they can do. He's being split out at wide, you know, uh, being used as a decoy. I mean, the endless, the endless, uh, the endless. There's endless possibilities for him in this offense, especially you know, Wentz, Wentz at quarterback, and people don't need to get it twisted. He's not Taysom Hill. He, he's not Taysom Hill. He's a quarterback, but the way they're using him getting involved, I think this is probably the best on-the-job training he's going to get right now in this situation as a backup quarterback in the NFL. No, for sure. He, he's, he's, he's provided a spark for him. Let, let's be honest. He provided a huge spark for them against Baltimore on Sunday, and I think getting him involved, you know, having those two QB sets, who's he going to go to, Wentz or, or Hurts? Like, you don't know, uh, and, it, and it tricks opposing defenses. I think it's really good that they're getting him incorporated into the offense. Um, I like to see him out there doing, you know, read options, run a little bit, because he can do so many different things. He's so athletic, and he can throw it. He can run it. I, he's a very he's a, he's a weapon. He's a weapon, and they should utilize him. A, I think I think a little bit more honestly. I, I think I would like to see um, not too much uh, if you you know, but I, I think if they do use him, I, I would have liked to see the Eagles use him uh, on that on that two point conversion where. Wentz was just going to run it in. It was mm-hmm. a bad play. At least, not even if it was going to go to him, but use him as a decoy or something. I, right. I think that would have been great to see. Um, but no, I like the utilization of him. They're getting creative. I think it throws defenses defenses off a lot um, when you get him in, involved in the game uh, because you don't know what what to expect. If they're only using him as a decoy, or if he's going to pass it, or if he's going to run it. You you just don't know. I think. But uh, they're using him a lot more, and I- I'm really excited uh, to see what they do this week. So he'll probably get in the game again, mostly against the Giants. Um, and, hey, if their offense is stagnant, throw him in there because that's what happened against Baltimore, and he started creating a spark. So I like how Jalen Hurts is being incorporated in the offense, and hopefully they incorporate him a little more this week against the Giants. Most definitely you got most definitely you got to love it. you got to love seeing Jalen Hurts getting a shot because, remember, a lot of people – um, when they drafted when they drafted them in in the spring, they were a little confused by the pick, and even there was still <laughs> there's been some you know some more you know cl- you know clamoring about the selection and saying it was bad. But hey, he's giving something that this offense is lacking right now, and that's explosive plays in in, in the NFL and any 
in any you know any level of football you need explosive plays and you need you need playmakers and right now he's a he's a dual threat playmaker for them at the QB position where he's being positioned at so we'll see what happens on Thursday with him this is the Total Sports Live podcast here on Anchor I'm Jovan Alfred and always joined uh by Harrison Brown and Nick Earnshaw totalsportslive.com uh fellas let's talk about another guy who we just mentioned earlier in the show but he's showing up big time and that is the practice squad goat himself, the pride of Old Dominion, the Monarchs, none other than Travis Fulgham. He had six receptions for seventy-five yards in a TD. He now has three. He now had a touch. He now has a touchdown in his first three games, which haven't been done. Check this out. Since Terrell Owens in two thousand and four, imagine being mentioned in the same breath as Terrell Owens. Uh, right now, Fulgham is taking Philadelphia by storm. He's starting to take the league by storm, fellas. I mean, even down to fantasy. I mean, he's now become, and this was me, and, you know, we did the show last week, and I was saying, I don't know if Travis Fogelman was a guy you need to rush to pick up because we don't know if the first two performances were a fluke and the third one wasn't. That was against a pretty good secondary, and he made some nice catches. You know, again, he has the propensity. He's he's so good and solid, you know, at, at attacking the football at this high point, you know, and, and, and going for and going for the football, which is something that this team desperately lacked and needed. You would like to see that from J.J. Arcega at Whiteside, but Fulgham is kind of taking the mantle, um, taking the mantle with it. You know, Nick, you know, is it safe to say that, you know, Fulgham, you know, is the real deal and, you know, needs to be on this roster for year to, years to come, almost like a Greg Ward. Like, these guys have really niched out a spot on this roster and really demanding the attention, saying, hey, I need to be on this team going forward because I can help your team win now, and I'm one of your, you know, quarterback's best reliable threats, as we saw with Greg Ward late in last season. No, he he looks legit. I, I mean, he he's getting a lot of targets from Wentz. Wentz seems comfortable throwing to him. Um, and he's making plays. He he's been targeted. Ten, he was targeted ten times on Sunday, and he was targeted thirteen times against Pittsburgh. Um, I think Carson Wentz may have found a number one receiver. To be honest, I mean, and he's and he's making plays. He's scoring touchdowns. Uh, he runs good routes. I, I I really like him. He's he's been really explosive. He has good good decent speed. I I think this is a guy that you don't want to take out of your lineup, especially fantasy wise, um, because. Uh, he's still available, I think, in, in nearly 40% of uh, ESPN leagues. I think he's a guy you should consider starting at least a flex option because um, he's putting up numbers. And it seems like with all the injuries the Eagles have had, with Rager going down, with Alshon Jeffrey still yet to come back, with Deshaun Jackson, who will actually be back Thursday night, um, he's been out for a few games. I, he he stepped into a role, and he's and he's fulfilling his duty, and he's doing a really good job. He's making great catches making big plays, I, and I think Carson has developed some, some, uh, some type of chemistry with uh, Fulgham. So I, I think, uh, hey, going forward, if he continues to put up numbers, um, I, I think uh, he's a, they found one. I think they found a good receiver uh, going forward throughout the year. Yeah, most definitely. A good receiver, again, who's going to, you know, possibly, you know, command that attention of you know uh, uh, of a, of a, of a role next season you know we came into this season you know with you know came into this season thinking all right the Eagles got Alshon they got Deshaun Jackson you know if they can stay you know healthy or whenever they get healthy they'll be good there they got Jalen Rager they got Greg Ward they got J.J. Arcega Whiteside they got <laughs> Quest Watkins they got John Hightower 
there's only so many roster spots that they have for wide receivers. Then you got Deontay Burnett. There's so many guys. And now Fulgham is now in the mix. And now you're saying, all right, you know, looking forward to next season. <laughs> Somebody's going to be the odd man out here in this situation. <laughs> but it's like you don't want to look that far because you just want to stay in the present of how good, you know, how good he's been, Harrison. I mean, you know, he's, you know, for a guy that, you know, was, I want to say he was drafted in the late rounds. In the uh, 2019 draft, I'm not mistaken, he was drafted in the later rounds, and I think the Eagles had a mid-round. I think I saw a story that the Eagles had a mid-round grade on him um, coming out in the 2019 draft, which was the same draft as J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown, Terry McLaren, Darius Slayton, all those guys. And they get their guy in term in, in the way of, you know, picking them up as a, you know, a free agent during training camp. And when everybody signed up for a training camp, I was like, oh, I remember that name, like, Travis Fulgham, oh, yeah, that's a nice move, but I didn't really think anything of it. I'm just like, oh, okay, it's on the practice wild wide receiver. We'll see what happens. But he's been he's he's been showing up, and, you know, we said it, you know, you know, before this, you know, earlier in the show and before the show, how the Eagles are going up against two good defenses. He's been making plays against two good secondaries, and that's nothing to sneeze at Harrison. So, I mean, they like Nick said, you know, they found they, they he's 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 legitimate. He's a legitimate playmaker. Yeah, definitely. I mean, y'all said that he's he's taking advantage of the opportunity that he's been. And that's key right there. This is a guy who didn't even start the season on the active roster and has now became the de facto number one receiver, like in a matter of weeks. You know what I mean? So it's very impressive. He's passed up guys who were drafted higher than him, you know, paid more in free agency and all that stuff. Um, It's kind of like, you know, in 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 college recruiting, some guys get five stars, but. Every once in a while, you get that walk-on who's a who's a superstar and makes you know a, a great career for himself. And it's the same in the NFL, more so now mm-hmm. in the NFL than uh, than in years past. Undrafted free agents and seventh-round picks and sixth-round picks and small school guys. Like, listen, if you can play, you can come in and get some real minutes and carve right. a role for yourself. We've seen it across the league. I mean, um, Deontay Harris is just a guy who who came to my mind right there. Just a D two guy who mm-hmm. has really, you know, he, he proved himself as a punt returner and kick returner with the Saints, and now he's got a role in their offense occasionally and, and still is returning kicks for them. And with Fogum here in Philly, he really has became, like, their number one receiver. I mean, the stat about T.O. was crazy. When I when I heard that, I, I was just like, what? How is that even possible? Like, all the guys that have came through here, like, you would have thought, like, Jackson would have had, you know, three in a row, maybe Macklin or, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's just been so many receivers who, who have done, you know, some solid stuff here. And so... Fulgham's had a, a great start to his career in Philly. It's been super exciting. Um, you know, I hope he can keep it up. The jump ball in the end zone this weekend was was crazy. I mean, it was a cover zero blitz and Carson. I mean, he really just threw it up. Like if we're being honest, uh, he just put it in the back of the end zone and and let Fulgham go make a play. And my goodness, my goodness, you know, Fulgham Fulgham went out there and made a heck of a play. So yeah, I mean, you guys mentioned it. He he's taking advantage of the opportunity. Been super impressive so far, and looks like a guy who who could be a contributor here in Philly for a while. Just yeah. to add to that, uh, mm-hmm. he was drafted in the sixth round of the 2019 NFL Draft by the Detroit Lions, 184th overall. That's when he was drafted, and now he's an Eagle. <laughs> that's amazing. Again, that's amazing, and we talk about that draft class so much because of what J.J. Arcega-Whiteside hasn't been able to do yet. We talk about that like, oh, my God, D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown, Terry McLaren, Darius Slayton. I was, you know, I was— I was the person that was last year saying, oh, my gosh, look at Darius Slayton. He scores another touchdown. He has more touchdowns than J.J. I say, oh, I saw that at this point. 
And now you look at another draft classmate of him, now on the same team, has more touchdowns than him, more receptions than him, more yards than him. It's uh it's 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 kinda it's kinda wild to uh it's kinda wild to think about how, you know, how that how that happens. And again, like Harrison pointed out, you know, it, it doesn't matter what level you play at. You know, if you got talent and you can play you can you're, you'll there'll be a spot for you, and it's up to you to take a take that opportunity. And we saw it last season with Greg Ward. We're talking about a guy that was a former college quarterback, turned wide receiver. You know, went through the ringer of playing in the AAF. You know, was cut by the Eagles a couple of times. Now gets his shot last season. Really carves himself out to be that reliable hand slot wide receiver who can play outside a little bit and make the touch tough catches. How about that catch last Sunday? Uh, with with uh, with that catch on, I want to say it was Marlon Humphrey, where he just catches it, drags his feet. I mean, is you just? I mean, that that's good right there. That's quality receiver play from a guy who you might say is not, you know, not the most overly qualified, you know, wide receiver in the NFL. And I think, and I think you, and I think fellas, you would agree with me when I say this that a lot of credit has to go to new wide receivers coach Aaron Moorhead on how he's coaching these guys up and getting them, you know, ready to play because there was a lot of questions about last year's wide receiver coach. I think it was Carson Walsh from the CFL and how the guys just didn't, you know, look prepared or they weren't ready and things along that lines. And they were trying to find something to help these wide receivers out. And it looks like, you know, and either you can answer this, it looks like Aaron Moorhead is doing a good job of getting these guys ready to play, the Travis Fulgham's, the Greg Wards. I mean, even, you know, John Hightower to a certain extent, you know, even though he's had a couple of drops there, just to be able to have him on the field at this point says something. Because, again, we're talking about another later-round guy, a a fifth-round pick. Yeah, they've got a young receiver core right now. I mean, Alshon and DJX really haven't seen much time. Deshaun obviously played a little bit in the beginning of the year, but – it's been a young group, and, and you got to give a hand to the offensive coaching staff for being able to get these guys, you know, ready and, and able to go out there and play. Um, they've had to do it for the last few years, really. I mean, right. there was there was points where Greg Ward was on and off the roster all the time, and then uh, late in that season, he he's you know the number one. So it, it's been it's been funky for the Eagles the last few years with with injuries and with how how deep they've had to go into their practice squad and and you know street free agents and guys that went undrafted and stuff like that, but. Um, you know, at some point you definitely do have to give a hand to the personnel department, you know, on, on that same side though, you mentioned it, Jovan, so many receivers that, uh, that they passed up on when, uh, when they drafted JJ Arcega Whiteside, and there's been some other questionable picks as well. The Razul Douglas and Sidney Jones incident this mm-hmm. year with them both getting cut, uh, and playing pretty well on their new teams and, um, and the Eagles spending high draft picks on them just a few years ago, like. That 2017 class, besides Derek Barnett, has has really thinned out. Um, you know, we saw a little bit more of Davion Taylor this weekend, just kind of going on a rookie, you know, right. report right now. That's we saw good. a little bit more of him, which is encouraging. Yep. Still haven't seen like a whole whole bunch of extended minutes or you know him making a lot of plays, but good to see him out there. So the the drafts have been a little bit questionable in the last few years, but nobody can question the Eagles when it comes to you know bringing in undrafted free agents and being able to the coaching staff, being able to just put guys on the field and, mm-hmm. and make it work and figure out an offense that fits and playing around, you know, what their skills are. You, you definitely got to give a hand to them. Most definitely. 
No, I think I, I, I agree with Harrison. Uh, I think the coach staff's done really, really good job with these wider series. I mean, coming up and down from the practice squad, coming up, scoring a touchdown on a week's notice. I, I think it's it's definitely a credit to them. You have guys like Jason Kroon now uh, playing tight end, uh, scoring, touching, get, getting passes thrown to him. So I, I think you definitely have to credit them. And going along with uh, the draft class that Harrison was talking about, I think that's more of a front office type issue, a scouting department issue. Yeah. Other yeah. than a coaching yep. issue, I, I think that's the issue Sorry. when it comes to uh, them missing on some guys. But uh, but now credit to the coaching staff. You have guys like Greg Ward uh, catching balls, Deontay Burnett last year, and now you have Travis Fulgham coming up this year and making a really really big impact. So definitely a credit to that coaching staff. For sure, for sure. And you know, before we wrap up this podcast, we do have to talk about Thursday night football. Eagles Giants, you know, winner will pretty much have to put will be in the driver's seat to possibly be in first place uh, in the NFC East. Um, we're looking at this matchup, and we already know the Eagles will be with, be without Zachary to Miles Sanders for the next couple of games. The Giants, on the other hand, um, however, before we talk about the Giants, um, Lane Johnson, good news for the Eagles is Lane Johnson is expected to play, which is huge for that right side, along with uh, Deshaun Jackson. Matt Pryor has also been reported that he is off the COVID-19 list, so that's another that's some more good news for that Eagles right side. The offensive line it will be nothing but help, especially for a running back room that has it very unproven right now, very shaky with Boston Scott, Corey Clement, and... Um, and Jason uh, Huntley, we're looking at on then on the other side, we're looking at a Giants team who, you know, won their first game of the season last week against Washington, even though it should have been tied and went to overtime. But Riverboat Ron, Ron Rivera did not do the smart thing and decided to go for the win for some odd reason instead of taking a tie and going to overtime, but it's whatever. Um, the Giants are led by second year quarterback Daniel Jones, who has been less than stellar this season and is prone to having a couple turnovers here and there. Um, shout out to Emory Hunt, football game plan, best bets. He's always putting down that, always listing that bet of turnovers when it comes to the Giants. There's always, you always get a couple of uh, turnovers in the Giants game, specifically starting with Daniel Jones. And we also can't remember, also can't forget, guys, uh, this Giants team did lose Saquon, who suffered a season in, in the knee injury um, back in week two. And now they're doing, you know, running back by committee let off with Devontae Freeman, who they immediately signed a few days later after that. However, on that offense, they still got Evan Ingram. They still got Darius Slayton. Um, Golden Tate um, is is there as well. I think Sterling Shepard is hurt. So that's another uh, loss from a defensively. They still have pieces on that defensive side. Jabril Preppers, um, you know, James Bradbury, who's playing really well, uh, who they signed a free agency to a three-year deal. He's playing pretty solid from that defensive line. It's still... It's still relatively stout too, as well. They 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 can they 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 can provide some pressure, um, too. But you know, started with you, you know, Nick. You know, first, you know, first question. You know, who do you who do you think will step up in place of Ertz and Miles Sanders, um, going forward? Even looking at Thursday's game and just the matchup you'll be watching out for in you know in in tomorrow's night's game, which is a must win. And the Eagles are wearing all black, so that means it's definitely going to be a must win. Oh, for sure. Um, I, a guy on offense specifically I'm looking to actually have probably, I think, going to have a big game is Greg Ward. I think the Giants mm-hmm. are probably going to look at Travis Fulgham. He's had a, a, a couple good weeks. Uh, he's probably going to be their number one option. Uh, also, Boston Scott, uh, I think. But I think Greg Ward could be under the radar. Deshaun Jackson comes back. Travis Fulgham, those two will, will drive a lot of the attention. I, look for Greg Ward to have some big catches in this game. I, I think that that's something – 
to also like uh, to look at. Like, and then like also that. on D de- on defense, uh, I I think the battle in the trench is going to be huge. You know, the New York Giants have one of the worst offenses in football. They're ranked 31st in total yards per game with 275.3, and also 31st in uh, points per game with only 16.8. Uh, so that that is something I'm I'll look for. The Eagles' defense getting to Daniel Jones is going to be something I'm going to look at. And also, the Giants have one of the worst protecting offensive lines in the NFL. Uh, they've allowed the second most pressures, 99 through the first five weeks, according to Pro Football Focus. So this is a time for the fourth-ranked Eagles, fourth-ranked defense Eagles in sacks to get to Daniel Jones, stop the run. I think this is going to be uh, an interesting battle that we're going to see all night. I like it. I like it. I like the great word selection a lot. Great word could be a fantasy option for some folks if you're looking for a flex play. Greg Op, Greg Ward might be a nice option. Like like Nick says, you know, a lot of attention. Even though there will be no Zach Ertz, Travis Fulgham and Deshaun Jackson will command some attention, which could open up some things underneath for the likes of Greg Ward. And that Eagles defense could have a could be feasting um, uh, on Thursday night, uh, especially that defensive line, which is only which is getting better and better. And even though they don't have Malik Jackson, they still got Javon Hargrave and Derek Barnett and Josh Swell. That edge have been doing a very good job um, as well as long uh, along with Brandon Graham. They've been doing a very good job of providing pressure um, off that edge. What about you, Harrison? You know what what player do you think um, will step up? You know without. You know, Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders, who, you know, Ertz really haven't had that great of a season d- due to it's, it's just been a weird season for him. You know, as he, you know, started off the season before the season talking about, you know, his contract and, you know, wanting to get, you know, get re-upped in, you know, wanting to end his career in Philly. And it was very somber and very weird to have that conversation despite him having two years left on his deal. But knowing the Eagles cap situation, it kind of under- kind of understandable, but still kind of strange at that moment and then miles sanders the guy who had over 100 rushing yards but then got hurt literally right on that play which was just a hurt piece no pun intended because it looked like he was going to have a really solid game for a ravens team that was without um brandon williams in in that middle of that uh middle of that defense so who do you think steps up in just a matchup that you're going to be looking out for in um, a tomorrow's game I'm really excited for the to see the um, to how the running back committee breaks down. Uh, I hope they dedicate to the run game a little bit still. Like I hope they still have um, an emphasis on it with Boston mm-hmm. Scott and Corey Clement. Um, I'm also excited to see if they give Huntley some touches and maybe even potentially uh, uh, Killens. So I think that that'll be interesting to see. I think Boston Scott, like we've mentioned a few times on here, is a really talented player, but you have to use him in the right way. You have to be willing to kind of get him going in the screen game um, and run him on some different type of stuff, maybe some counters and some inside zones and really mix it up with what you're doing with Boston Scott. Um, Corey Clement's a guy who's been around, obviously, during that Super Bowl run. He was an undrafted free agent, but he had a a pretty big, well, I mean, I wouldn't say pretty big, but, you know, an important role in, in that season. Um, so I, I think that they still can get it done without Miles Sanders. It certainly is not necessarily a good thing to lose your, your, you know, number one back, your, your lead, your lead runner. Um, but I think that they can still make it happen. And in terms of a matchup, I think that you mentioned it, the defensive line, uh, really both trenches, like Nick said as well. I mean, I think the trenches are going to be huge in this game just because I think it's going to be a, a tough game, but a game that could be, you know, ugly at times. I think there's going to be a lot of times where both of these offenses probably are punting, um, it just it just seems like it's going to go that way uh, or potentially turnovers. Like you said, Jovan, with Daniel Jones, uh, so many times he, he's 
went out there and had, you know, multiple turnover games. I think that could definitely play into the Eagles' hands. Hopefully Darius Slay can make a play or two. You know, maybe one of the safeties can make a play. Will Parks is back. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I think up front the trenches are definitely going to be really important. I think the Eagles' D-line has to get after Daniel Jones. That that um, that Giants' offensive line is improving. They went out mm-hmm. and used a first-round pick on Andrew Thomas, but it still isn't uh, where it needs to be or, or you know, uh, necessarily scary offensive line. So I think the Eagles defensive line should really, you know, pin back their ears and go get after it, especially if they can get some type of a lead. I think they could really have a big day. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, I think the O-line, the the worries and the concerns that a lot of people have with this Eagles offensive line right now, I think it will be taken care of this week. I think they're going to have a really good game against the Giants. Leonard Williams is still a guy who who has some talent, just some really good natural ability. Um, but it, it isn't a scary defensive line at all. It, it's nothing like what they've played in the last few weeks with right. Baltimore <laughs> and Pittsburgh and even San Francisco, even though they're banged up, like that's still a very, you know, competent and, and formidable defensive line. So mm-hmm. this week against the Giants is a much, much more favorable matchup for the Eagles O line. You know, it looks like Lane Johnson is gonna be back this week. It looks like Matt yep. Pryor is gonna be back. So it's getting stronger and they're playing a worse opponent. So I think the Eagles offensive line, the worries there are going to be, you know, much, much less next week. For sure. And I like how you brought up the the running back committee. You know, how are they going to use the running backs in, in unless not get it twisted? You know, they, they cannot win tomorrow if they do not run the ball. I don't care who's in the backfield. You got to have some competence of a run game because that's only the way, as we've seen, the play action is going to help which is going to keep pressure off of your quarterback if you're able to get the ball running. So it'll be interesting to see how do they use balls. How do you use Corey Clement? How do you use Jason Huntley? If he gets cat- touches, I mean, you have to at this at this point. You have to go possibly three running backs deep, and they all got to get they all got to get cut- touches. They all got to get carries. Um, At this point, as crazy as this might sound, fellas, you got to think that – all three running backs, if all three running backs get touches, at least all three of them got at least have five carries. <laughs> you got to at least get 15 carries <laughs> out of that group next tomorrow night. And, it, and and even if you don't get a lot of yards, just have that threat because you do not want to be in a situation where Carson Wentz is dropping back 40 times. Again, it's just not it's just not going to work. It's just not safe football, not smart football, especially, again, this team is coming off of a short week where they gave up, where Wentz was hit 16 times. And sack six times. It's it's, it's unfathomable um, if, if they do not come out and at least attempt to run the football um, or run the football on Thurs on tomorrow night, Thursday night. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Eagles, Eagles, Giants tomorrow or Thursday, uh, whenever you listen to this podcast, uh, eight twenty on uh, on on Fox and the NFL. Uh, network should be a good game uh, between between the uh, division between the division uh, between the division rivals. Before we wrap up, we cannot forget that also Avante Maddox is expected to play against the Giants. So that is another huge boost uh, for that secondary, which was leaking oil a little bit. They get Will Parks back last week and now they get back Maddox which is only going to help that secondary um, going forward which will probably allow them to get a little bit more creative in the coverages and the packages uh, so hey we'll see what happens uh, since this is a short week and the Eagles are playing Thursday we do not have any fantasy uh, for you but hey next week we'll definitely have some uh, fantasy conversation to add along and anything else happened in the NFL uh, for next week's show uh, but but that's pretty much it. So thanks again for everybody uh, tuning in and checking out the Total Sports Live podcast. Before we wrap up, 
Uh, make sure you follow us, you know, on Twitter at Total Sports Live. Uh, do that. Check out TotalSportsLive.com. Follow us, you know, subscribe, download the podcast on all the various um, uh, podcast formats. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, what's that? Spotify, Anchor, just anywhere you get your podcast, search Total Sports Live, the TSO podcast. Again, we appreciate everyone that downloads, subscribes, leaves a review. It means a lot to us because it, it means that you've been, it means a lot that you've been taking on a little bit of your time to click on and listen to what we got to say about the Eagles because you can be listening to anything, anybody else, and you can listen to anything else in the world, but you're here listening to us. So we really appreciate it. Uh, and also make sure to follow us on Twitter. You know, follow Harrison on Twitter at Harry Brown Russo. Uh, follow Nick on Twitter at N E A R N underscore nine. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Jovan 10 as well. So that's pretty much it. Um, we'll talk to you all uh, next week. Um, Eagles on Thursday, no Eagles on Sunday, which means we can all sit back and watch the NFL red zone in peace and not have to be stressing and getting irrationally angry. We'll just do that. Tomorrow. We'll just possibly do that uh, for Thursday night football. But that's pretty. That's 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 all we got for today. So for everyone, uh, have a good one, and we will talk to you guys very soon.